and welcome to On Focus, brought to you by the Focal Therapy Clinic, where we connect you with issues facing men diagnosed with prostate cancer that are little known, less understood, and almost never talked about. Prostate cancer is now the most commonly diagnosed cancer in the UK, and with this somber fact comes a multitude of challenges and opportunities. I'm Claire Delmar. Today, I'm speaking with Mark Stubbs, who came to the Focal Therapy Clinic earlier this year after his prostate cancer diagnosis, and just as COVID-19 was accelerating and his windows for further investigation were closing. Mark, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Claire, good afternoon. Let's start at the very beginning, as we say. You know, can you summarize for our listeners what, what happened to you at the time of your diagnosis? Well, what happened was I had a, a very, very slight raised PSA. It, it was only 3.6 as part of a routine health check. Basically, trying to cut a long story short, after that, I had a rectal exam followed by another PSA test and then a multiparametric MRI scan. Got the results of that at the end of January 2020. Mm -hmm. And then I did a bit of research into different sorts of treatment and um, I requested a template type of biopsy, which revealed quite an aggressive cancer. Okay. I was previously hoping to have um, HIFU, um, focal therapy treatment, hoping that the cancer was of a, such a grade that it would be treatable. Mm -hmm. uh, but as it happened, the, um, the cancer was a, a, quite aggressive, uh, although I was told it was contained within the prostate, which eventually led me to have a robotic prostatectomy, okay. which was uh, performed in the middle of June. So, Mark, what compelled you to pursue the extensive research you did on the treatment options for prostate cancer? Well, what happened was I got a letter through the post basically giving me the results of the multiparametric MRI scan. And it, it freaked me out, to be honest. It, it said that the scan had revealed a, an extensive abnormality in the right-hand side of my prostate, mm -hmm. which suggested prostate cancer. I got this letter at the weekend, so basically decided that I wasn't just going to sort of sit around and, you know, be depressed about it. I, I basically tried to be proactive and do my own research online. Okay. And I quickly found out about focal therapy with it being less invasive than other treatments. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I found out that, unfortunately, that was only available as a private option. But mm -hmm. basically, I, I thought, well... If it's going to cure it and the, the side effects are minimal, then it's worth pursuing. Okay. And then what happened with the existing consultant and the existing care team you were working with? What happened was they'd actually proposed a truss biopsy, a transrectal biopsy. But mm -hmm. I found out through my own research that to have the, um, the HIFU, um, I needed a template biopsy or a transperennial uh, biopsy. Mm -hmm. So what happened was then I was put on the waiting list with the NHS to have a template biopsy. Uh, I was told at the time the wait was between eight, possibly eight, maybe maybe ten weeks. Okay, this was when? This was basically the first week of February two thousand and twenty. Right. And uh, unfortunately, due to COVID, um, the day before I was due to have the the biopsy, um, I got a phone call basically cancelling it. And I had to wait another just over two weeks uh, to have this Templar biopsy done. Which, which you did have done? I did have that done, yeah. Um, I had that done and I had the results back at the end of May. Okay. And unfortunately, the letter I got from the consultant basically said, well, look, you know, we, we realised that you wanted 
you know, haifu, and, uh, but unfortunately it's showing uh, cancer in almost, you know, the entirety of the prostate, including some high-grade Gleason 9 cancer. So really, um, he's, he's basically said that haifu, you know, wouldn't be suitable. He suggested other possible uh, treatments, hormone therapy and all that sort of carry on, but, but really the advice I was given was to have um, the prostate removed. Okay. Um, and it was at that time, really, that I decided, well, look, I've waited long enough. So then I actually sort of looked into having treatment done privately. Um, and that's when I sort of, you know, was recommended to Mr. Mr. Dudridge. So, so, Mark, you're clearly a, a very strong advocate of second opinions. Can, can you explain why this was so important in your case? Well, I'm actually a stronger advocate of a second opinion now than I would have been at the time. Um, mm-hmm. It was only really when I discussed with Mr. Tim Dudridge a uh, telephone consultation mm-hmm. that he actually suggested revisiting the biopsy samples, letting you know, his lab check the actual biopsy samples, to make sure that the Gleason score of the cancer was actually, as was said in the uh, histology report I got from the NHS consultant. And was that um, easy to do? Now, that appeared to be, yes. Uh, I got some feedback very quickly from uh, Mr. Dudridge, and he basically said, look, you know, we, we've rechecked the samples. Uh, it's coming out at Gleason 7 rather than Gleason 9. He said, which does give us quite a few more options hmm. um, in terms of, nerve sparing during surgery and also sparing the lymph glands um Mm -hmm. which was you know which to me was priceless if i'd have probably stayed on the um in the nhs loop um i've got a feeling that the uh, i wouldn't have got the same level of, of 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 treatment i wouldn't have had the second opinion and they would have probably operated uh assuming that the cancer was gleason nine so um you know really the 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 second opinion, I, I think, was absolutely pivotal in the in the choice of treatment. Given the timing of this, did COVID nineteen and the refocusing of resources in the NHS affect your experience and the decisions you made? Yeah, yes, it did. Because what happened was, if if it wasn't for COVID, then the waiting time um, under the NHS wouldn't have been uh, you know as long. So what would have happened is, I would have gone down the NHS route. They would have done a radical prostatectomy, uh, there wouldn't have been the same level of nerve sparing or, or lymph node sparing. So in a way, COVID has actually done me a favour because what happened was the it's basically forced me to go into the private sector. Um, I'd already waited quite a long time for various scans and the biopsy. Uh, I wasn't really prepared to wait any longer. So it was actually fortunate that I did come across a person as, um, you know, with the experience and, and uh, expertise as, as Mr. Dudridge. Um, hmm. And I think that um, without that, the, the end result would have been, would have been quite different than, than, than it is. So you came to the focal therapy clinic and, and Mr. Dudridge hoping to be treated with HIFU. In the end, your treatment took another approach, as you've just described, I mean, were you disappointed or, or were you, in fact, relieved that you were given the best treatment for your situation? Well, mixed feelings, really. I, I think that after I was basically given the biopsy results, I realised that getting rid of the, of the cancer was the, you know, the primary end result. That, you know, really, that, that that's the thing I should have focused on. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was obviously hoping to have high food because I'd, I'd done my own research on it and I'd discovered that the the side effects uh, were you know, relatively minimal. Mm-hmm. But um, unfortunately, there was Gleason 7 in one part of the cancer and then there was other suspect areas. Uh, so even if the Gleason 7 cancer had been sort of like eradicated by HIFU, there was a chance it could come back with these other suspect areas. So I, w- I was strongly advised to have the prostate removed. So r- really, um, I was actually glad in a way that, you know, that I did have the, you know, the prostatectomy. Hopefully now the cancer has gone. So yes, I was disappointed at first that HIFU was not on the table, but I was relieved in another way that I'd actually got the, the expertise and experience uh, to give the best outcome using, um, you know, robotic prostatectomy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as you said before, it was probably a, a more nerve-sparing and, and probably more efficacious treatment in the end, having had your biopsy revisited and regraded. Yeah, that's right. And, and I think also that when the actual prostate was removed and went to the lab, the report came back that it was actually, as Mr. Dudridge had said, it was Gleason 7 cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was sort of contained within the prostate. Um, I think there were signs of it trying to escape. I'm not, I'm not medical, but the way I understand it is that it had actually hadn't escaped. The prostate wasn't actually enlarged. Uh, the prostate was smooth on the right-hand side. Uh, so nerve sparing was done, as far as I'm aware, on the right-hand side of the prostate. Uh, mm-hmm. So the end result is that, um, you know, that I'm not quite back to normal, but, uh, but I, I think that um, it's probably the best outcome I could have hoped for, to be honest. Do you think that the, the weight is really difficult for a lot of people? Did you find it particularly difficult? Um, I, I, would, I would say that anybody that's been diagnosed with any form of cancer was gonna, is going to go through hell. Uh, I mean, the word cancer uh, really um, is something that I never really associated with myself. It, it's something that only other people got. Mm-hmm. So it did, yeah, it did freak me out. I, th- I think me, me, me and my partner, Lindsay, we were, you know, basically going through quite a, quite a lot of trauma. Uh, the waiting time for the, the biopsy, I think that was probably the worst thing. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, the time scale of having subsequent treatment was, you know, was pretty horrific. Serious mood swings. And I suppose with the, with the COVID thing going on at the same time, um, that basically just rubs salt into the wound, I suppose. So Mark, what advice would you give to men that you know, have had a recent prostate cancer diagnosis? I think what I'd be tempted to do, they, they, they need to do the research, they need to, to into possible treatments, and also they need to check that the biopsy they're offered is the correct biopsy for that sort of treatment. And if they've got, you know, savings put away for a rainy day, which is what, what situation I was in, then, you know, for God's sake, you, you know, use, use that resource and be open-minded as to the type of treatment uh, that you come across. Ask pe- other people um, who have prostate problems. I mean, I know three people personally who've uh, had the prostate removed and all all three have had very different outcomes mm-hmm. some of them have been more successful than others so mm-hmm. obviously i use that information um and obviously information on the internet really to um to try to sort of come to a a conclusion as to the best sort of treatment um, yep. you know the options available whether they were private or or on the nhs or whatever 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think you've got to do your research. Unfortunately, I think that, you know, in, in the NHS, it, it is, you know, obviously going through a hard time, especially at the moment with COVID. And, and the, unfortunately, I don't think the consultants actually have the time to explain to all the patients in, in massive detail, you know, what the options are. So sadly, I think people really need to do their own, do their own research and ask questions. Mark, thank you so much for sharing your experience um, and your insights with me today. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. If you're interested in contacting Mark or engaging with other patient stories, visit our website at www.thefocaltherapyclinic.co.uk where you can access additional interviews with patients and clinicians about their experiences with prostate cancer. Thanks for listening. And for me, Claire Delmar, see you next time.